Hello everybody. I'm Astuti Marto Sudirjo and welcome to Uplift My Life Today, the podcast, a place where you can find inspirations and tips to uplift you and your life. If you know me well, you would know that I find people super fascinating. And this is in fact the reason why I choose the work that I do and including in my life today as a life coach and a subconscious mind reprogrammer. I thoroughly enjoy discussions, reflections of people's journeys and also the considerations that they have in the way they decided to show up in their lives. Today's episode is the first out of two parts conversation I had with my good friend Mo Godet. Some of you may know Mo because he's the author of Solve for Happy and also the founder of One Billion Happy, whose mission is to help one billion people to be happier. Mo was not always doing this for many years. Mo was a corporate executive. His last role was Google X Chief Business Officer. So following a personal tragedy, Mo decided to refocus his life and change a lot of things in his life. And this conversation is about that, about why and how and what he learned from it. I got to know Mo when he was finalizing his Solve for Happy book. And since then, we've been good friends and have had a lot of chats about life and our transition process and there were a lot of really rich reflections in there and with his agreement I decided to have this conversation and record it and share with you enjoy So, when I say intentional living to you, what came to mind? <laughs> the only way to live, no? Uh, unfortunately, mo- unfortunately, most people don't know that. Uh, you know, we live in a, in a very interesting uh, high-speed, high-pace quite demanding, a bit confusing uh, modern world that is telling us to, uh, to, to jump in on every opportunity and to grow constantly and to, you know, w- w- maybe chase the wrong targets and to never be satisfied. And so we run. And as we run, you know, uh, like uh, Pink Floyd in their wonderful uh, song Time would say, and then one day you find 10 years have uh, gone, gone behind you. Uh, no one told you when to run. You missed the starting gun. You, you really ran in the wrong direction, if mm-hmm. you want. And, uh, and many of us, you know, I, I, I sometimes define middle age crisis as, the, uh, as not an age-based event, but uh, an event that's based on the time in your life where you recognize that everything that you've spent your time trying to, you know, your life trying to achieve is actually not what you want to achieve at all. Yeah, I think there's, there's a period or a, a point in life when the focus tips to the other side 
from where do I fit in this world, how do I perceive, how am I perceived by other people and etc etc and then and then it switched into I really don't care about what other people are saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. There are people that live and die until the until the last day, uh, caring about what people uh, what people think of them. I think the uh, the uh, the idea of um, of intentional living really is to tell yourself, I will live every day like I want to live every day, not like I am told I should want to live mm. every day, mm. and and. Uh, And we're told so many things and we follow and we lose the intention. Do you remember when you started to realize that? My middle age crisis happened very early. Uh, I, I was, um, you know, we, most, most people, specifically men, if you want, uh, I can talk about my experience of chasing success, chasing uh, a title, chasing wealth, a fancy car, Uh, you know, a, a beautiful spouse, uh, all of the of the symbols that you associate with success in life, mm -hmm. and I had all of that in my late twenties, and so mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, you know there was uh, in my thirties a period where I was like, so why am I why am I running again? What, mm -hmm. Why am I doing all of this? Uh, who you've, you've got all the checklists done exactly, and yeah. and that's the point where you 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 pause and you look back and you say. Is this it, or is this some? Is there something else? Is this what I should be chasing? Mm. Now, for most people, they say middle age because it happens in your forties. Uh, it doesn't matter when when it happens. One of two things, uh, you know, change. One is you either start to go crazy and just chase more and more, and you know, instead of one beautiful spouse, you cheat and you go and find you know others, and or instead of uh, a reasonable car that you drive, you start to try and and collect cars like I did. Mm. Uh, you know, did. yeah. Uh, everyone, everyone, look, everyone, everyone I know goes through those things huh? and I, I I'm lucky that I believe that uh, maybe because of an an intention on my side to always treat people like I want to be treated mm. uh, that I didn't go the path that would have sort of uh, hurt others if you want but yeah at a point in my life I had so much money in the bank and I started to convince myself that it would be wrong if I don't spend it buying the cars I want mm. right and actually it would be The problem is, which cars should I want? Yeah. Okay. When, and when it comes to intention, rather than, you know, all of the shows on TV that makes you believe that this car is better than that car and that this is the right thing to drive and, oh, look how beautiful this is. Mm -hmm. and, and end of the day, a car is supposed to take you from point A, a to point B, <laughs> yes, right? I agree. I think, I think the revolution... I think that's where I'm thinking about cars now. No, but, but, but you'll be surprised. In the 1950s, uh, cars truly were... Uh, associated with freedom, uh, you know, the, the United States approach to cars was, it's a status symbol, it was a chick magnet, if you want, it's, it was the way for you to, to attract attractive women into your life by showing how long and curvy your car is. And, and that's really, really interesting when you think about it. So yeah. that gets ingrained in our brains, and then you start to do more and more and more of it. So Going back to what is intentional living, intentional living, in my view, is to act based on a, on a, on a realization of what it is that you should be doing, okay? Uh, to satisfy uh, 
not what the world is telling you what you should be, but what you actually are made of, what the, the, way, the way that you believe mm-hmm. you should be. Do you think people can be more aware or more live more intentionally? Well, in, there was an intention in, in the first 20 years of your life. But it may not. It is. There were not the same intention today, right? There were that, but but there was. But but in my intention was not the focus of my life. Right. I reacted a lot more okay. than I deliberately uh, um, to, to, chose yeah. to do things. Mm-hmm. Right. So so you you know there was a point. My, my intention kept shifting. There was mm-hmm. a point in my life where my my only intention in life was to. Uh, you know, get Nibel to love me. My, you know, the, the mother of my children, my my wonderful, wonderful wife for 28 years. Uh, you know, that was my intention at a point in time. You know, when we were teenagers in in university, right? Uh, and uh, and you know, when that happened, and we got married, and we had our children, my intention was. You know, I need to to provide for those children. I need to provide for this wonderful woman. And then, you know, as life provided, and you know, I had we had the wonderful life that we had. The intention kept shifting. Maybe I should have more for the future. Maybe I should have more uh, because it's there. Maybe I should have more because. You know, I can. Okay, and all of the other intentions, uh, uh, you know, changed and morphed, and and yeah, they were always in the background. But to be honest with myself, hmm, did my children really need what I was making when I was in my forties? Probably not, mm. right? And 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 you know, eventually, my intention, even with Nibel, my wonderful, wonderful, I still say she's the most amazing woman on earth. Huh? We're so close, we're such good friends, mm. but both of our intentions are not around that marriage institution anymore, mm. but perhaps around a different way mm-hmm. where we can be close and be partners and be friends, and you know, and continue to have that association to each other intentionally as life has. Morphed and evolved, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and so 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 the the, the trick is to sit back and reflect mm. and find those times if you want where you tell yourself, is that really what I want to do with my day? Okay, is is that really me talking or is it the TV advertising mm. I heard yesterday talking mm. or is it my mom and what she planted in my head 15 years you know 50 years ago mm. that that is that that is talking what who, What is it that's creating this desire in me? And if I let go of those desires, what should be my intention? Mm-hmm. And how do I live a life? The container will automatically change too. Everything yeah. changes. So, yeah. so I was actually interestingly having a chat with a dear friend uh, in in Paris uh, today in the morning, and and she was talking about the same topic and the idea. Uh, you know, the, the words I used was, you could end up being uh, exactly at the same job, doing exactly the same work, uh, meeting with exactly the same people, dressing exactly the same way, but it will feel very, very different yeah, because yeah. the intention is yes. different. I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree with that. When I was an executive recruiter, I had interviewed a lot of people. And I realized sometimes the motivation to change was not a really good motivation yeah. because they didn't need to change their environment. They need to just work 
within yeah. to come and show up differently at work. Yeah. Having said this, I need to get good talents for my clients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so it was very interesting though. It was an observation for, for many years. Yeah. Do you think you would, um, you would start to ask yourself the question, is, is it, if you haven't checklist all the things that you thought you should have? That's a great question. Uh, you know, those those kinds of scenario-based questions, we would be lying if we say, of course I will, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think I have been, I think we, we end up designing our life, no, we end up living our life based on the uh, possible tracks that life presents, yeah. okay? And the possible input that life gives us. And, you know, we all have... Uh, we all come across a teacher yeah. somewhere in life. My teacher was abundance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Others are, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately stuck with a teacher that is scarcity. Okay. Yeah. And maybe for some of us, the teacher is this podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, I don't, I don't position myself as a teacher, I, but I share an experience that might be relevant for yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and the, and the question then becomes, uh, there are some people that suffer scarcity but still don't learn. Yes. Others that suffer uh, abundance, and yes, abundance is suffering, and still don't learn. And others that hear the message loud and clear and still don't learn. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, now the, the, the intention, uh, perhaps the best of all intentions, is to, like uh, Confucius used to say, uh, or at least said once, I don't know if he used to say mm. it, that, you know, ignorance, uh, that, that wisdom is to know the extent of one's ignorance, to, mm. that, that, that maybe we don't know everything and that maybe there are other ways where we could live that could be better for us. And mm. with that in mind, maybe we would allow ourselves to have the pleasure and the joy of being open to other people to other views, mm -hmm. okay? And with that, constantly revisiting where we are in life. I had a, had a, 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 a retreat a couple of, four months ago, uh, with a, an executive, a, a group of executives, very, very senior from Belgium. Mm -hmm. And you know how Europeans are, you know, Europeans debate everything. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So, so it needs to make sense and logic. It, it needs, needs to, to make sense and logic to me. To me. Yes. That's the right. whole point, huh? Yes. And so, you know, I smiled. Uh, you know, I we, we were teaching happiness, and you know, interestingly, of course, as you know, in my model on Soul for Happy, uh, I, I, there is a, a massive illusion that I call the illusion of knowledge, and you know. What we could have covered in half an hour took us around three hours. And I sat there smiling, listening to every question and watching every debate. And then eventually I asked and I said, so guys, why is it that Europeans debate so much? And they said, because by debating what we are told, uh, we, can, we can get closer to the truth. And I said, wonderful. Have you ever debated what was told to you by your brain? Have you ever looked within and said, where did that thought come from? Is that actually me at all? Mm. Or do you just debate when others 
differ in their point of view than what your brain is telling you. Hmm. And if, you know, again, from Soul for Happy, if your brain is not really you, it's just an instrument that is uh, trying to uh, uh, give you interpretations of what the world has presented to you, then maybe those interpretations are wrong. Mm. Maybe you didn't see the whole event. Maybe you missed uh, something. Maybe you were conditioned. Maybe a previous trauma got you to see only part of the event. Maybe a memory influenced your view of the event and you logged it in a certain way that might not have been the same way. Yeah. And, and maybe all of that put together makes you believe certain things and makes you passionate about certain things and that if you just paused for a second or two, you would see them differently. Yeah. And, and so, 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 you know, I think the key to a life of, of intention is to ask yourself, uh, first, am I just rushing around following every opportunity? And, and second, you know, okay, so this intention that I have set myself, where did that come from? Is that mm. really me? Mm. Is that really what I want? Is that really what I stand for? Or is it... Uh, is it conditioned into me by others? Yeah. I also notice, I completely agree with you uh, about all these things. I observe the dialogue, the discussions, the you know, arguing and, and stuff since I moved to Europe and learned to do this myself so that I can fit in. Um, and I also notice something though that often tend to miss, and I don't know if this is Europe specific or generally everywhere, we live a lot in our head, <laughs> not so much in our body. Yeah. Because the body always tells you what's good for you and what's not good for you. But we don't hear it. I didn't hear it for a long, long time. That's why I get into burnout. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I learned, oh, actually, I have had my body telling me a lot of things leading to that moment. And um, the feedback, because people tend to like, how do I know this is really good for me? They're not trusting themselves. They try to get external data to kind of, they think it's helping, but oftentimes it's more confusing them. And then they benchmark it with how the other people would actually think or feel about something, which is not relevant for them necessarily. We just don't live in our body enough. What do you think about that? We don't, uh, but define our body. Huh? We, don't, we don't live in the, f in, in the real world enough. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our body being part of that, our emotions being another part of it, yes. our uh, our reality in general. Uh, you know, the, the 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 truth of our life again, as we started this conversation, is that we're rushing, 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 mm. rushing, rushing. Yes. And and yeah, I uh, I I don't I don't blame those who don't. Huh? Uh, to be aware is an incredible yeah. skill. Okay. Yeah, completely uh, agree. And, and, and it's an incredible skill that is entirely anchored in doing... Nothing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Nothing at all. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so, because our modern world is so driven by achievement and, uh, you know, acquiring and more and further and faster, mm -hmm. we keep doing, 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 and none of us ever stops. Mm. Oh, I wouldn't say none of us, but most of us don't stop mm. hmm? to reflect and say, okay, um, can I just take a few minutes of doing nothing and just being, mm -hmm. okay? When you be, 
you start to see the world very differently. And I do a, a ton of exercises. Uh, I don't call them meditation. I, uh, you know, I, I sort of disagree a little bit with the concept of um, of having classical or traditional meditation be dictated on people who are stuck in the modern world. Okay, mm-hmm. but maybe that's a topic for another day. I believe that people need to find their uh, way, their way yeah. of yeah. Uh, of of a mindful life in the modern world, mm-hmm. and so. You know, I, I do a lot of exercises, including my simplest and my favorite of all is what I call mini silent retreats. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, in in a in a in a in a traditional spiritual way in the Hindu and in the Buddhist, uh, you know, um, uh, spiritual teachings and many others, Zen and so on, you are expected to find uh, um, um, insight and improvement in silence, and so. You know, a typical silent retreat could be four to ten days of total silence. Mm-hmm. How many of us can do this, right? And you know, if you had uh, 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 two weeks of vacation a year, and a wife and children, and a mother that's been nagging for you to come and see her, and and and, would you dedicate ten days of those fourteen to a silent retreat? And so, a replacement model for me is what I call a mini silent retreat. And a mini silent retreat can be as short as 30 minutes, 25 if you have to, uh, or as uh, long as, I, you know, I call it a weekend morning. Mm-hmm. And so simply I use my phone. Uh, if I, if, you know, every morning when I wake up, I make my coffee and I tell my telephone to, uh, to simply set a timer for 25 minutes or 30 minutes. And I then put it, face down and I don't touch anything for the 25 minutes uh, you know on uh, every other week or so I would set my alarm to 3 p.m. in the afternoon go to sleep on a Saturday night and then I would wake up on Sunday I don't know what the time is I don't look at the clock uh, I could wake up at 7 a.m. or 11 a.m. and I don't know mm. right and then nice. I'm silent until, uh, you know, I, I silent meaning I don't read anything. I don't listening, listen to music. I just am spending time with me, if you want, yeah. um, until the alarm goes off at three. Now, you would observe that strange things happen yeah. when you do this exercise. You know, uh, one of them uh, is you simply uh, first get a rush of thoughts. Okay. So your brain starts to say a lot of things. It's like, hey, are, are, you, are you actually here? Maybe there has been 1,600 other th- you know, things I've been waiting to tell you about. So it just starts to go into overflow, right? Flooding. Flooding. And, and I normally say, uh, I call it observe the dialogue. I have a very simple technique, which is every thought that pops in my head, I repeat it. Mm. And I say, what else? Okay, so my brain will go like, remember to call Aya, you know, she's uh, promised to do A, B, and C. And I will say, okay, so we want to call Aya. What else? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, um, uh, Jonathan uh, is uh, worried about this and that. Um, okay, so Jonathan is worried. That's interesting. I will remember that. What else? And within, in my case, normally around 10 to 12 minutes. In normal cases, it would probably take you, you know, maybe 20, 25 suddenly your brain, as long as you're acknowledging mm. what you hear and making sure that no, the, the same thought doesn't come up twice, 
Okay, mm. so if, if, if your brain comes back again and says, oh, by the way, about Aya, you go like, we spoke about this before, right? Uh, then suddenly silence completely sets in. So you would, you would go like, uh, okay, Jonathan is worried, what else? And it will, your, your brain will go like, um, um, that's it. Mm. I have nothing more. So, so basically what you're saying is, as soon as the channel opens, allow the flow in, acknowledge, put it somewhere. Don't put it anywhere. Just, oh, yes. Just acknowledge. Acknowledge. acknowledge yeah. And acknowledge, ask for the next thought. And next. Next, yeah. exactly. Instead of saying, no, one, one by one, blah, 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 instead of fighting it. No, absolutely not. Embrace okay. it completely. And then okay. the, the, the fun part is that when that silence sets in, uh, a very unusual awareness happens. Suddenly you recognize that your neck actually hurts. Uh, that you have an emotion in your heart that you haven't uncovered for a while. That you... Uh, get incredible ideas for the rest of your life hmm? just in that extra five minutes that you can stay there in silence. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and that's when we become embodied. Mm -hmm. That's when we become present. That's when we become part of the world, really, yes. is, is, is when we have the space, the space to actually let those things in. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that most of us we're awake for what 14 hours a day uh, most of us don't uh, if we if we were awake for 14 that would be really nice uh, yeah 16 16 16 17 for the for those of us who get a good night's sleep huh? uh, but but of those you're unable to spare 25 minutes interesting because I don't know if I make a distinction in my mind between functioning and awake yeah yeah you just see what I'm saying I think awake is more like I'm mindful like what it intentionally is for me is a form of being awake and functioning you just function but you don't necessarily always yeah I mean I, 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 by awake I mean not closing our eyes and, and yes, snoring yes. right uh, yes, uh, yes. Awake, aware is what you're referring to yes. aware, aware in my view uh, is really that rare state uh, yeah. that we rarely ever get, as a matter of fact. I mean, even the best practitioners. Uh, the, 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 the trick, ha ha however, is this. Huh? Uh, you know, all spiritual traditions will have some kind, some form of a prayer or a meditation mm -hmm. or a, you know, that is basically just telling you, can you stop yeah, that's true. thinking about the silly stuff for a while? Okay. You know, meditation in the Hindu or Buddhist, you know, or Zen traditions is just to get to that space yeah. where you can actually get insight. You know, lots of Muslims that I know will tell you, prayer, you know, the five, five prayers, prayers yeah. but you, you, you get up and you start to pray and then boom, suddenly all of the thoughts rush in. I need berries. Yes. Uh, the milk is going to go bad. It's like, why wasn't that in there when I wasn't silent? Yeah. Okay. It's because, yeah. So, so. So your question or your com comment was on 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 uh, being embodied. I don't think it's just being embodied, like feeling our bodies, no, but no. but feeling the whole of the physical, feeling yes. the thoughts inside us, yes. feeling the pains, feeling the emotions. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's this is going to be a big part of my next work, which I, I I tend to believe is is really missing in our modern world: the ability to actually be. Yes. To to just Completely. sit there. 
and and just be with yourself and wonder uh, at the at the amazing miracles that will come into your head yeah that's exactly uh, you're absolutely right that's what i mean yeah really uh, i did i shut a lot of those channels before thinking that was actually a cool not a cool a, a good strategy yeah it's like i'm strong yeah yes and it took a burnout to kind of let that go and to see hello no it's not yeah it, so, reality is uh, is this is very physical now we have mm-hmm. two systems in uh, in uh, most people think that all of our thought and logic happens only in our brain but your nervous system extends throughout your whole body and the most important autonomous parts of the nervous system are the uh, you know sympathetic and parasympathetic mm-hmm. uh, nervous systems and these are systems that are placed close to your organs because they're supposed to be very reactive mm-hmm. uh, to protect you and so your sympathetic nervous system is the system that responds to stress and to uh, fast-paced uh, events around you and the idea that you're attempting to stay safe uh, stresses that system and when it's stressed it, it it adds you know cortisol into your body it adds adrenaline into your body which are very useful hormones if you're going to run away from a tiger mm-hmm. but for many of us we keep those in our bodies for years yeah uh, days sometimes weeks but for many of us years yeah. mm-hmm. and and basically the way those those hormones work is if a tiger shows up uh, survival becomes the number one no the, the sole priority it's the only thing we should do right now because honestly uh, thinking about what i will cook for lunch is not going to be a very good idea if i don't survive that's right? true so so yeah right so so, so what <laughs> not be here to eat it exactly i'm not <laughs> going to be there right so so what happens is literally your sympathetic nervous system deprives the rest of your organs mm. from the blood and energy it needs to actually uh, dedicate those resources mm. to the organs that are needed for this moment yeah. okay so you would get more blood to your muscles you would get more more, more blood to your uh, maybe um, um, uh, visual vision systems and so on and so forth and yeah if you do that for 16 seconds for two and a half minutes to run away from a tiger it's incredible Mm -hmm. right it's a massive massive addition to your ability as a human being and we all have been there before where you just feel that rush in you after a bit of a threat maybe right Mm -hmm. and and then you're supposed to engage the sympathetic the parasympathetic nervous system and just feel that everything's okay so that you can actually let the other organs engage Mm. And what, yeah. and what normally happens is we don't do that. We keep stressed about something and then another thing and then a third thing. And then it just continues. And over the years, you're literally kill, killing your body from within. And that's yeah. where burnout comes in. Correct. Again, part of Correct. intentional living is to ask yourself if this life is good for me. Yeah. Mm? If this life is how life should be. Mm-hmm. Mm? If, you know, for, for many of us, when we... Uh, catch a flu we recognize it right yeah. we, we we do something about it it's, it's very clear symptoms and right? it's like the throat is itching a little bit you have a bit of a hey. fever you have a little bit of a headache you associate those runny nose and you say hey i must be catching the flu and then what do you do you stop everything and you do something about it yeah okay however you could be stressed like crazy hmm? 
And the symptoms are very clear. It's, you know, a, a tight stomach, uh, you ha- you're, you're um, tingling, you're um, uh, nervous, numb, 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 right? Numbers, yes. Yeah. And, and it's very, very clear. But you never stop and say, I need to stop and do something about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, you, you know, in my, in, in my analysis, it's because of a very simple reason. We were told by our parents as young children that it's not okay to be sick. They took care of us when we were sick. Yes. Okay. But they, but we were also told that it was okay to be stressed. It was okay to yeah. to go through life uh, like an A student and try hard. And so what? Toughen it up. Yeah. Toughen yeah. up. Boys don't cry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Boys should cry. And, yes. And I girls agree. and everyone. Everybody. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody should cry. This is not the end of the conversation. This is just the end of the first part. And I hope to see you in the second one where Mo is going to share with us his truest intention, his highest intention. In the meantime, if you would like to join the One Billion Happy Movement, visit www.onebillionhappy.org. And if you would like to get to know me and what I do, visit www.onebillionhappy.org uplift my life dot today see you soon